Ready? Every time I touch, I get a feeling. Every time I touch, I feel alive. To my heart, DDR song. It's gonna last. Need you by my side. Stop, hammer tongue. Every time you see me. Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode nine in podcast world 23. That's 23-9, and in real episode numbers, I don't know anymore. I've lost track. My name is Rob Nichols. And my beat is so bad. My beat is so bad. Uh, and every week we listen to great video game music, and we find a topic, and we listen to tracks based on that topic from all consoles, from all generations, from the past to the present. Uh, we have a good time doing it um uh, uh pernell well, did you say that, would you say the last time you played poppin music was the last time uh, the arcade was open honestly probably before that mm. which is funny because i technically do own poppin music in this house i could play it right now it's just it's not the same because mm. the last time a console release happened was in like 2008 wow. if not sooner and then beyond that i um I see maybe a little after, maybe 2000, let's go with 2011. But anyway, aside from that is also the fact that I like going to the arcade. I like the sounds and the sensations of being there mm -hmm. and being a part of that crowd. But playing it at home doesn't feel as fun anymore, despite the fact that the game is definitely still fun. And lastly, I know there's like a mod community out there that has to has like ripped all like the latest versions of the game. You can play them on PCs, mm -hmm, but I mm -hmm. don't have a PCS good enough to run it. I, yeah. to, I need to update mine, which is something I might do soon. Ooh, I think it would work on that one that I lent you. That's possible. Maybe I should try it there. Yeah, I think you should try because I think it does a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot. Go for it. Find the find the wrong the, the maybe find an image online somewhere. Assuming it's probably on maybe Bumani ISOs or something. Yeah, like some weird nefarious means that we probably shouldn't talk about in public. <laughs> <laughs> there's, well, um, so in the in the DDR world, there's a player named Chris Chike, who is the probably the best in the world mm -hmm. at DDR. But um, he I mean professionally, not professionally, but like he still competes in the uh, whatever the Konami Cup or whatever it is the Konami all-star event every year and he's i think he won the last one and he didn't win the last two but like he's so he's incredibly good but he was also really really good at itg like stupid good Ooh. and for the past five days he went back and tried to 100 percent every single song in that game because no one's ever 100 percented one specifically one song in that game ever and that's been out since 2007 or 2008. <laughs> so, you almost make me think he should, he should have just started with the one that no one's ever done and then worked backwards. I don't know. I think it was just like he had to give himself a whole lot of time. I don't know why he gave himself five days, but just within five days, he did like, I, I can't even get close to 100% on, on these songs, even the easy ones. And just to get people to, people who aren't familiar to know, 100% is perfect rhythm. Mm -hmm. And accuracy, right? Yeah, that's that's the idea. It's it's um in DDR, it's all perfect or marvelous, and in ITG, it's fantastic. So it's within twelve milliseconds of each note. Um, and so, and he finally did it on. It's called Vertex Squared, and it is ridiculously hard. And it is, I think there's only one other person who's done it, and it's contested that he actually did do it. <laughs> so, and it's funny with me. Like I wish I were better at those games because when so I do play, like Pump It Up. Mm -hmm. um, which the t for the record, the timing and pump it up isn't as strict as ITG. Uh, only if you play if you play in competition mode, which you could, it is stricter than DDR. 
oh, maybe yeah. I should look into that thing. Cause like right now, I play in like just the default game mode, which is super oh. loose. It's very loose. <laughs> super but loose. even being loose, like when I play it, it's either one or the other. Either mm-hmm. I can't pass a song, or I pretty much get a perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I almost never miss a step, and I pretty much get it on perfect beat every time. It's just. If I can't do a section, it tanks me. But if I can do a section, I'm pretty much nailing it all. Yeah, exactly. It's either, it's, it's either all or nothing for me. I get that too. A part part of a part of the train the tra- what I trained myself was to like if I screw up a pattern that I don't get flustered and lose it entirely. I just try to pick back up where it left off, and that's a really hard skill to learn cuz it's like um it's like reading a sentence and then suddenly the language changes. And then just trying to get right back into it. <laughs> oh yeah, or in the case of like not even the language change, it can be like a sentence where the grammar is off. Yeah. So yeah. suddenly a word is improperly used, and you're like, I don't know, I can't flow with this anymore. What do I do? And you always stop to try to pick up what the word was supposed to be mm. before moving on. Sometimes rewriting the entire sentence with the proper word just so it'll flow properly. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm horrible with that. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, stop the word. Believe it or not, doing the show, I've gotten better at that. Because like oh, I might yeah. be reading like I'll read a testimonial. And it might be like Dude. it might be like a, just a general type. I'm like, well, I don't want to break the flow. I got to go with this. I'm like, Bleh. I was I was reading the uh, I was listening to re-listening to our last episode. It was our uh, our Patreon episode, The Sounds of Summer. If you're mm-hmm. uh, paying attention uh, to our listeners, um, and yeah, you're so much better at reading out loud than I am. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, I always get like stuck, you know. And then and you're just you, and you put your own spin on it. You've got your like you got your flow, you know. It's fun. It's like I, I think of it as almost like it's not voice acting, but it's the same skill that would be used mm-hmm. in voice acting, where yeah, you get you're given like here's a bunch of characters to read, and you're like, okay, I gotta get so here's the person I gotta put for this voice, and here's I gotta put for this voice, and you're like, got it. Once upon a time, you go, wow. <laughs> I, like, I wouldn't just, say that what we're practicing is any kind of art, but we're practicing something. You know, it's speaking. It's, it's yeah, we're practicing speaking. <laughs> All right, let's let's move um, on. So we usually have a prequel episode that comes out for our Patreon listeners. This week is a little different because we ended up just talking about some other stuff that we didn't want to record. So that'll be some other time. Um, and because of that, things got a little late. So now we are starting with the topic. And the topic was, I don't know how it got on our list, but it is hammer time. Stop! Every time you listen to Rhythm and Pixel, <laughs> you choose a cool topic and you hear it with the flow. Tracks come out over and over again. Then you listen, try to listen, try to listen, go to listen, because it's a, on a cool... I'm putting, I'm putting a beat know. on that, by Weird, the way. <laughs> oh, mercy. But, like, it's just... It's so... I just, like... I was think it, I was it just, like, topic. a joke? Like that, or did, did someone bring it up? I always... When I come up with topics... It's usually brought on by something obscure that I might have come across mm-hmm. in the day. Or, like, for example, I don't remember why I came up with this anymore, but I couldn't be surprised if it was something even stupid like, oh, crap, I got to put I gotta, I gotta put this thing up on the wall here. Let me go get to do, 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 do. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm holding a hammer. That's a topic. That's a, that's <laughs> like, a topic. I could do hammer music. You know, I, um, uh, this past weekend, we watched a movie with Daniel Radcliffe called Guns Akimbo. Have you heard of this? I have not, but that's a topic. It's crazy. It's um, it's a crazy action movie where he's, um, he is in like a kind of a a, a rollerblade, not rollerblade, um, a Blade Runner situation where there's like a, it's the current day, but like there's like a weird underground fight club on the internet where people are trying to kill each other for money. Ooh. And he's a he's an internet troll. Daniel Radcliffe is, and so he's like 
he hates violence and so he's like trolling everybody on, on that thing and so they come and they get him and they actually um uh, uh nail and attach guns and onto his hands that sounds and he wakes up force him to use them to, and he, they force him into like this kind of blood sport game but it's, it's super but anyway at the end there's a whole sequence where this um, uh, the the hero in quotes is fighting the bad guy in quotes because not everyone's great in this movie um, with hammers and it, and it plays MC Hammer <laughs> the oh, whole time. That's like, a weird coincidence. I'm like they had to go out to that guy and be like, hey, um, it's super violent but still kind of funny, but a whole lot of blood. Can we use your song? <laughs> <laughs> that also makes me think. Is it just mirrors outside of Harry Potter? Is Daniel Radcliffe's entire like film and Broadway repertoire like this wild and crazy it stuff? It is. It is. We uh, we we started. We actually after that we started looking him up again. Like well, everything that he's done, and he's done some really interesting stuff. I feel like he came out of this uh, child acting gig it, to rise above being this one character. And he just chooses all of these weird, interesting roles, and, and he just he just must seem like a cool guy. He just is like, this sounds like fun. Let's just do that, you know. And just does it. He does a whole movie where he plays a corpse. See, I can see that being yeah. really entertaining, it's like Weekend at Bernie's, but from the perspective of Bernie. No, I, I never, I haven't watched it. Christy watched it while I was away. It's called Swiss Army Man, and there's a guy who's stranded on an island. And the corpse of Daniel Radcliffe, who's somebody else, rolls up, and then the guy's going crazy with hunger and hallucinates that he's talking to him and becomes best friends with this dead person who just oh wow and he doesn't talk all he does is fart (laughs) because he's full of uh of gases (laughs) and it's supposedly like it's really like like sad and 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 heartwarming at the same time but it's just a crazy guy dying on an island talking to a corpse who's daniel radcliffe who's daniel radcliffe yeah and um we're re-watching miracle workers which was on um i think it was on tnt and that's amazing. It's got Steve Buscemi in it. It's so funny. And you would and like Daniel. that too. That's another weird like like afterlife weird fantasy type thing. It's so weird. That's been my thing. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan. I've become a huge fan of shows that are that get into like philosophical concepts yeah. of things that we may not necessarily understand but we have general concepts of. Yeah, you, you watched that, all of Upload like immediately. One weekend. It took me that, two sittings. Isn't that good? I was like, I knew it. I knew as soon as you started watching that, it would be you just be done. It's and it's for those who weird. don't know, without spoiling it, the concept of upload is a world where people develop the technology to upload your consciousness and mm. onto a server, and the server houses a variety of different afterlives. And these afterlives are like MMOs essentially. Yeah, but they're but you owned. dwell there forever, <laughs> and they're owned by corporations. So yeah. before you die, you opt to get uploaded, and then you go. And your digital consciousness lives on this server. Yeah. And the show involves a person who goes there, and then the people who work for the company mm-hmm. that runs the server where his afterlife is housed. Yeah, and it's it all sounds about bizarre, like the, but it how works. much it costs to be there, the cost of like the data center, so the family has to have money, and if you don't have the money, then you're just like in limbo and and like what does that say about morality if not everybody has the has the right to live there, you know. But here's the beauty oh, of it though. Wow. So like good. Hearing it as we're describing it, if you're not into like that kind of thing, I can see you going, "Oh, geez, this is heavy," or "Oh, man, I want to think about that." Parts of it are depressing. heavy. It is funny. Oh no, it definitely <laughs> is. There's definitely heft in it. Yeah. But it's a comedy. It's a comedy drama with this element, and I think comedy is the best way mm-hmm. to portray these premises 
because while you might say some per- some people might claim it to be a disservice mm-hmm. to the topic matter subject matter, I say it makes it easier to digest and yes. bring in. Like you can laugh and then you can think. Yeah, because like um, uh, uh, Black Mirror, as, as as much as I do love that, and it's very very good. I have to be like ready for it, you know. Like I oh, have yeah. to, my bike, I have to be prepared. But if it's going to be wrapped up in a comedy and a drama, then then I can do that. I can do that. Sign me up. Yeah. Like imagine um, some of those plot lines from Black Mirror being oh. done with a humorous spin. And I and it could be done. You. Most of them. Most of them. No, not most of them. A couple of them. Well, yeah. Someone. <laughs> I think honestly, it's all about the writer. They could. I think yeah. they all could be. The question oh. is, how well would it land? But they yeah. all could be written in a comedy <sighs> sense. The question is, would it work? Yeah. <laughs> would all it right, work for the viewer? All right. So let's get back to this. Um, hammer time. This is an odd episode, so we're starting with you. And I'm I'm curious as to what tracks. I'm I'm sure there's some tracks that sparked off the idea for Hammer Time. Am I right? No, actually, I don't no. Know. This all sparked. In fact, one of them, which I'll get to later, well, I'll talk about it when I get there. Um, mm. But this first one is a... Actually, you know what? This was the first track that came to mind when I thought of the topic. Just because I liked the game and I was playing it back then. But I'm not playing it anymore. And that game is Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> really, now? <laughs> I gave that bad boy up. Though I still have a whole... I have my heart's hanging on to it, so I haven't sold it. But I should have sold it when I had the chance. Because it's worth like 30 bucks on the market. And, I don't know. But the track <laughs> title is called 10AM. And it was composed by Kazumi Totaka. Welcome back. You're listening to 10 a.m. from the game Animal Crossing New Horizons on the Nintendo Switch, composed by Kazumi Totaka. I don't particularly believe it plays at 10 a.m. because I hear it more often than at 10 a.m. But that's what it's called. I'm sticking to it. I love this track. Oh. It sounds so funky. It's just, it's no, it's, not, it's soulful. It's got so much soul, but like a really specific like, like groove, you know? It's music you can do chores to, which is funny because that's what you're doing in the game too. Chores. chores. Lots of chores. But 
that music is a good way to kind of keep you moving and flowing to it. But why does it actually fit this topic well? Yeah, tell me, Pernell. Tell me, how does, how, does, how does doing chores in Animal Crossing... Well, Animal Crossing... Why don't you Crossing, start right now? Right now. <laughs> you only got to do it. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> um, in Animal Crossing New Horizons, they decided to add a new mechanic to the game. That mechanic being DIY construction. So you can build a build-it-yourself tool bench and then you can get to the desk and you can construct things what things a lot of things and you do so by getting down to business because every time you pick the ingredients and stuff and you choose what you want to build you have this little animation where you're like you're hammering and you're sawing and you're getting down to business and then you build the product which is kind of funny in its own right because when the game first got announced and it's like now we have diy you can build things and i was like that sounds pretty cool you can build stuff but then it clicked for me after I had the game, which is that it just extends the game. Because now you have to get materials to create the stuff that you just used to buy at the store. Right. So it just makes everything take longer. <laughs> now your tools break, so now you have to get the parts to build them again. <laughs> Instead of just getting a new tool, you got to build the tool. It's... it's it's so weird, but it works for people because Animal Crossing has pulled some of the largest Switch game clocks I have ever seen from people who otherwise won't play games. And while I have I have heard people say, "Oh, it's only like this because uh because of the fact that I was on lockdown, so I had nothing else to do but play Animal Crossing." I'm like, I beg to differ. <laughs> I feel like if you weren't locked down, yeah, you would just be squeezing it in wherever you could, and the time would just happen later. But ultimately, you were going to put this much time in Animal Crossing because it had you, but with its hooks. It hooked you. Right. And it hooked me, too. Like, if I look at my Switch and order it by, based on number of hours played, Animal Crossing is my second most played game on the system behind Pokemon Sword. Mm -hmm. And as a person who sits here and tells you, oh, God, Animal Crossing just a game where you just do chores for hours. Mm -hmm. I'm not coming from a place of hate. Again, second most played game on the console. I own like 500 games. It's the second most played. It's just, it, I feel like you, you did what you were set out to do. And you're and like, okay, is, that's great. It's great. And what happened was, uh, like, I came this close to selling it towards uh, Last of Us 2 because it was, the game site was running a promo where I get bonus credit for it, which would have put me at like 60 or 65% of the total value back for the game. Considering I owned it for like two or three months, that's a pretty decent return on my product. But um, I couldn't part with it. I just I had trouble letting it go, despite the fact that I don't know if I'm ever going to play it again. Because now, the issue with Animal Crossing is that it's built around the idea that you go in every day, mm. say hi to your neighbors, do you got to remove weeds from the ground, shake down your trees, all this stuff. But when you're gone for a period of time, mm -hmm. weeds grow. Trent, your town becomes disheveled, roaches show up, your townsfolk get angry at you for being gone for too long. They literally say, where were you? We've been missing you. Do you ever feel like we created the Tamagotchi and then, like, people, as a people, we created the Tamagotchi and then we never got past that? You know, like, we never, like, we, can, we just never got over the, the idea that we wanted to care for something digital? Oh, you want something I living? Can, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Because I am also really... Well, I guess we're recording now. <laughs> Next, on Tuesday, the day before this episode comes out, mm -hmm. I'm actually reviewing a game that is literally that. 
It's a dungeon crawling RPG, a dungeon crawling roguelike RPG. But the hook is that you are in a post-apocalyptic environment, which in this present day might be tougher to stomach. But the hook on this game is that you are a robot who comes across like the last human who is also afflicted by the illness that took out humanity. So you are trying to raise this human and keep them safe in a toxic environment. How do you do that? You build a terrarium and you house the human in it. How do you track the human's statistics in the current situation? You come across a Tamagotchi. I am not even making that up. They call it a pet nanny, but it's literally a Tamagotchi, mm. which you then repurpose to function, but to track the human. So you remember when you would play Tamagotchi and it had a little bit divots in the upper left corner, like, yeah. this is how hungry it is. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. Is, oh crap, it pooped. There's little poop turds all over the thing on the screen. It does all of it. It is literally a Tamagotchi in the lower left corner of the screen that tracks the human's progress. It's ridiculous, but it works. It legit, it really works. I, I people like the idea of raising digital things. I don't understand this. Humans are weird, and you might say, might be someone's like, you know, I'm not big on kids and stuff like that or pets, whatever. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Digital raising Sims transcend all of that. People like to raise digital things. Pokemon. Animals, yeah. people, Nintendo. But, but I mean, like, there. don't you think it's like goes a little deeper than that? Where it's like people they 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 want to have something more to care for, and so they just we create it. Yeah, you know? I genuinely think that's what it is. It works. So let's. I want to continue to talk about something a little existential, because we can't have a an episode about hammers without talking about one specific game, and it is called Getting Over It. With that Bennett, is not whack-a-mole. With Bennett Foddy. Do you know Getting Over It? No, but it sounds like I'm going to have to ask you about when we come back. Yeah. I've never heard of this. So this is the main theme. It plays throughout the game. Um, there's a few other tracks um, that plays throughout the game. And um, all we know is that it's composed or it's composed by the group Ease Jammy Jams, which I believe is like a production house that produces maybe just um, series of music that is license free for other games and other projects. Oh, kind of like that that company that did the music for uh, Lords of Thunder or a lot of those old Turbo Graphics games. Maybe, maybe. I, I, it was really hard. Tease music. It's like tease, yeah. But this is Ease Jammy Jams. I, I couldn't exactly find who's involved with that. Maybe someone can help with that. But this track is called Soul and Mind. And I'm picking this one first because it kind of goes along with this this Animal Crossing track pretty well. So it's pretty jazzy. All right, here we go. There's Soul and Mind from Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy.
That was Soul and Mind from Ease Jammy Jams from the game Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. You can find that on PC. So Pranel, Bennett Foddy was the creator of the game Co-op, and he is a game designer who is obsessed with difficult games. And um, Co-op is probably the king of it. It's the king of it. It's just funny, but like eventually you start to get kind of obsessed of like doing well. So getting over it is kind of a play on words, right? So you are a man inside of a cauldron. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'm I'm a man. <laughs> you are you and I'm me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm I'm me? Yeah. So so you don't have legs. You're just you're the, your upper torso is sitting out of the cauldron and you have a giant hammer on a stick. And all you can do is swing it around and hope to propel yourself forward up over this mountain. So you're trying to get... It's like the hammer throw, but you're throwing yourself. Yeah, you're gra- it's like it's like you're grappling, grappling onto it in an, in an arc and then sort of like pulling yourself around. But the, the physics are unforgiving. The obstacles are constantly in the way. One slight move will throw you back and you will lose hours of progress. There's no Ooh. checkpoints. There's no saved games. Anytime you make significant loss of progress, Bennett Foddy actually has a voiceover and tells you just quotes about that you should give up, about how life is meaningless, about how Wait. it's okay to stop. So it's all about getting over that feeling and trying to get to the end. And he writes on his website, getting over it with Bennett Foddy. I created this game for a certain kind of person to hurt them, period. Jeez. <laughs> Between and, that and Quop, it's like yeah. those games are free. I hope because I wouldn't pay. I oh, know I forgot getting. I did look it up during the song. That's five dollars. I'm not paying five bucks for that. Yeah, this is yeah. This game's on Steam. It's five bucks. But Quop and other stuff is is like the free like old school Flash games. They've all been translated to HTML5, but not this one. Um, yeah, this this one really caused quite a stir about three years ago because it's just it's in, it's enraging. But I think that, and I think you share some of this. Um, some of this ethos in, in gaming that you like the challenge because overcoming that challenge makes it all worth it. That is very true. Though I will say this as an addendum to that statement. If the game itself is not fun, despite the challenge beating you down, it still feels like a waste of time. And I haven't played this, so I don't know if it's you would, you would find it a waste of time. You would absolutely find it a waste of time. If yeah, that's the killer. Cause like, I've played for, a lot of games yeah. that are just like brutal. Like what's that game? Like a, uh, Basically, a lot of the massacre games are usually platformer based, which yeah. is already something I like. Yeah, you, but they're I wanna, also brutally difficult. I want to be the guy, that kind of stuff. But this, this is like, yeah, it's for that special kind of player who only believes in challenge for the sake of having a challenge. And um, I don't know, there's something to that. Like I, I'm with it, and I'm also not with it at the same time. I need to have a really clean, like game loop that feels kind of like progression, but still feels good. Like I could play Enter the Gungeon for hours, not make any progress, but like it's still giving me something different every time I play it. This game is not. This game is just, you spent spent four hours, you made it very, very far. Maybe you're even close to the end. You make one false move and you're nearly back at the beginning. That's why a lot of like present day roguelikes, which Mm. Enter the Gungeon Gungeon is one such game, uh, why a lot of those games work because what they do is they give you the same general sense of, you know, I may I played for 40 minutes, got to the bottom and failed. Now I got to right. start all over again. But the but loop, the loop is usually, doing that. <laughs> well, it's not just the loop. It's what they do with the loop. So when you play Gungeon, you run through, 
You might find those little, like, those weird chits, like those green chits that you can take back to the hub to buy new things that can show up in the actual dungeons proper. You might find a guy that you can then unlock a, a utility in the main hub. There's always something small that you can bring back that makes you feel like you progressed even a little. Despite the fact that for the game proper, you still have to go back to the start. But it's not quite the start. Mm -hmm. um, like the game I was describing earlier, it's a roguelike, but the thing that changes it and makes it a little bit better there is whenever you leave or die, you go back to the main hub, but as you're constructing furniture for the, for the girl or something like that, every time you build something, you get a small stat bump to your guy. Or you can create things that make... To change the potential or change the probability of stuff appearing in the dungeon. So ultimately, yeah, you're doing things that can affect the game, and you can only do those things right. by failing that's, over and over. That's again. the game loop. It, it's it's saying that starting over from the beginning is is what it makes it feel like progress still. Mm -hmm. And this game strips all that away and says no. <laughs> there is you no fail, loop. You fail. It just you hit start and it just runs until you decide to stop. You know, there is, apparently I just read on Wiki there is an ending to it, and then it asks you at the very end if you're if you're streaming it, and if you say you're not, it actually takes you to a chat room, a live chat room with other people that have completed the game, like a private space where other people that have finished it. There's like two people in so there, so you can right like now. share it. Yeah, right. There's like no one there. But anyway, that's I thought that was interesting. I got to learn more about this game. I, I really like the chill, smooth jazz. It felt felt right. You know. Oh, I believe I agree. Yeah. So, what's your what's your next track? Well, here's a track that's a lot more light and comes from the game where the loop is so so good. Ooh. Oh, yes, like the exact opposite of getting over it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this is Job Tune Five from the game Fantasy Life for the Nintendo DS, and is composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Listening to Job Tune 5 from the game Fantasy Life on the Nintendo DS, composed by Nobuo. Actually, I'll take that back. It might be the Nintendo 3DS. Yes, actually, I'm sorry. Composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Fantasy Life is a game that consumed my life, my life, for a very interesting period of time. I was obsessed with making Mad Dosh, as the currency in the game is called. Um across a variety of jobs. The way this game works is you play in a fantasy world designed by level 5. And I don't remember the specifics of why you do this, but you take on a variety of different professions, like actual job professions. 
and you take on quests within the game's world to become the best at that profession. And there's like 15 different jobs in the game. They're all, for the most part, most of them are normal jobs, but some of them are like actual like RPG jobs, like mm. uh, wizard or fighter and stuff. But there's also chef, tailor, <laughs> blacksmith, okay. fisherman, not farmer, but chemist. There's a chemist, uh, like a bunch of different jobs. And as you play the game, in addition to, like, normal questing stuff, like, you know, you fight enemies and you use a special attack and all that stuff, you also have to perform the actual job for the for the class that you're in. And they all kind of run around the same mini-game concept where you're at a table and there's, like, three different stations you have to man. And each station requires a different type of button compress style. So it might be rotating the stick or mashing the button quickly or keeping a dial within a certain range or something like that. And you have to go through this for a certain period of time until you're done building the thing you're trying to make. And, of course, depending on how well you do, in mm-hmm. terms of the quality of the product, <laughs> and you're trying to make stuff for both equipping for yourself, giving to friends so they can use it, and then selling it for profit what? or giving it to customers why, in the game. Why is all the music quests. you're playing... All this music you're playing are from games that just sound like work. <laughs> and that's the funny thing about this game. This, unlike Animal Crossing, for me anyway, felt engaging. Like, it did the thing that I wish (laughs) Animal Crossing did, in that whenever you made stuff, it led towards something else. So, Mm -hmm. if I'm a tailor, I can construct a backpack. When I make the backpack, it increases my storage space. Hence, I want to build it to use it. Not to just throw it on the floor and say, I built that thing. What's next? Well, I admit there are certain things you will build because, you know, it's part of your catalog and you'll be like, nah, I have a better sword than this. I'm never going to build this. I'm a blacksmith is one of my favorite jobs. The blacksmith and the tailor and the chef are my mm. favorite jobs in the game. Um, you'll build stuff that you don't need because you probably have something better at that point, but you still want to fill up your catalog so you can class up your, your character. You can get to the max level class. So you'll still do the job despite not using the product. But it's fun, <laughs> especially when the certain the right job tunes can. Because there's like relaxing job tunes, which is like tra la la la. You're welding good stuff, and then you got this where it's like, holy crap, you're gonna spill well, the food all over the floor. It reminded me of something, and I remember what it is now. It's it's called the Infernal Gallop, and the composer's name composer's name is Jacques Offenbach, and it is the Can Can song. Yes. I can hear some of it, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, that's all I can hear in this damn thing. This <laughs> <laughs> makes me want to get up and move. It's Oh, and that's what it is, because since the game has you moving back and forth, trying to beat the clock to build mm. this product, you're moving. <laughs> and you're like, come on, hit the A button, mash, 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 mash. Get it done. <laughs> it's, 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 it gets you. But it's so it's such a fun game. Like I maxed out like, three of the jobs. Oh, really? You can technically get obsessed and max out every job, but... What I did took over a hundred hours. I was oh, wow. done. Oh my gosh! Yes, it was that good. And for <laughs> no. a while, I used to play it multiplayer with a couple friends, and then they all tapered off. But I kept going. Okay, here's a here's a game right that is so on the nose. I, I don't know if you know about it, but it, it reminds me a lot of Gumberry Goemon. Mm-hmm. It's called Hammer and Harry. You know Hammer and Harry? I do actually. Is that a, a really ugly a, NES cover? <laughs> yeah, Hammer and Hit. I want to say, look it up when you play the track, but I want to say Hammer and Hero is a sequel to Hammer and Harry. So this, there's a bunch of them in Japan. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, like a short series of these games. They're so weird. It's a platformer. You have a giant hammer. Yep. You're, you're a construction worker. You're um, a DJ. You're a diver. Yeah, all sorts of weird things. But in this one, this is the Game Boy version. It's called Hammer and Harry, the Ghost Building Company, where um, Hammer and Harry's friend or girlfriend or some other character is kidnapped by ghosts who are also construction workers. <laughs> okay. Ghosts. But let me tell you, I listened, I listened to a lot of the Hammer and Harry like arcade music and the NES music, and it's, it's, it's good. The, the Game Boy music is incredible. Like, I have not heard good Game Boy music like this in a while, like classic Game Boy music. So this is all composed by Ikoku Mimori, and this is track number one from Hammer and Harry, the Ghost Building Company. Listening to track number one from the game Hammer and Harry Ghost Building Company. This is composed by Ikoko Memori for the Game Boy. And Holy yeah. cow! I just learned something about this. Hmm, what's up? So apparently, this was also this was made by the same company that made Ninja Baseball Batman. And oh, he's actually, that makes sense. actually cameo posters of Hammer and Harry in that game. <laughs> yeah, they're both um, from the company uh, developed by uh, the company Irem I R E M. Um, it's very weird. It's very Japanese. It takes place in kind of like a weird fantasy type world. That's that is 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 Japan. It's like a small Japanese town. Yeah, but with weird ghosts, and ghosts stuff, like and you said. bad guys, and yeah, you hit them with a giant hammer, and you can collect bigger hammers, and you use the hammer to like swing against um uh, uh like like balls on chains and stuff to like kind of move things around. It's it looks like part. Like there's part puzzle platforming to this. It's really interesting. Uh, the arcade version, anyway. The NES version, they really scaled back the graphics and made it just sort of like a really basic uh, platformer. Not a whole lot of the extra stuff the arcade had. The Game Boy version is, is still scaled back, but the graphics look incredible. Like they're so much better than the NES. It, it looks closer to the realized uh, our art of the arcade version. So that's really cool. And this music is excellent. Like it really takes advantage of the stereo of those little sound effects they're using as percussion that's going left and right. It's, it's really interesting. Um, so yeah, I wanted to, wanted to share that because yeah, it's just, yeah, it's hammer and Harry. He's, he's, he's running around with a giant hammer, you know, he's a carpenter, but he can be so much more. Yeah. If, yeah. if this is, if anyone's going to have hammer time, hammer and Harry is the hammer time. He's literal hammer tongue. He's he's right there with you. Um, and I think way. I mentioned it earlier, but if you're asking the type A, he's like, I want to experience what the heck this is. Atlas did release the final game in the in the franchise mm-hmm. in America for the PSP. It's called Hammer and Hero. Oh. If you can find it, it's available and you can play it on the PSP. Mm-hmm. 
That is interesting that they wanted to revive this this old this old character. <laughs> it's like there's eight games. Mm. Surprised he's not in Smash Brothers. Oh, there's that. There's too many. There's too many characters that um that should be in Smash Brothers. Gen <laughs> is probably at the back of that list. I would love to see Harry. Go Goemon. Uh, Goemon would be good. Could be good. No, I would be happy to see yeah. Goemon make the cut. Goemon, even better if you could switch between him and Ibisu Maru. We can have a whole episode of that of characters we would like in a fighting game or a Smash. There you Brothers go. Game. Write it down. There he is. Write it down. As a, characters that up. should be in Smash. I'm writing it down. It's going in the list. Despite the fact that Smash has like a hundred characters now, these are characters that still should be in Smash Bros. <laughs> it's similar to another topic I have on the list that says games we would like to see come back. Honestly, I feel like those are some of the more fun. Those are a lot of the fun times. Like, it makes Hammer and Harry is already up there, so I think we got that covered. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> All right, what's your what's your next track? So this one is a surprising find, but it. Well, I'll get to the dialogue by that in a second. But to introduce it itself, the game itself is called Weapon Shop Del Mas. And it's the track title is Captain Malibu's theme. And it's composed by Yoichiro Kame. Welcome back. You're listening to Captain Malibu's theme from the game Weapon Shop Domus. Come for the Nintendo 3DS, composed by Yoichiro Kame. Fun fact about this game, actually, is the fact that I bought it when it originally came out in 2014, mm -hmm. and then forgot I owned it, and then was going to choose tracks for the episode, and it was like, oh, there's a game that involves being a blacksmith. Wait a minute, it looks strangely familiar, and I went to my... 3DS and started going through. I was like, oh, I own it. I should play it. <laughs> so I booted it up for the first time in 2020, despite owning it since 2014. And how is it? Story of my life with video games. But it's actually still kind of enjoyable. I had fun time playing it. And it's very different oh, from yeah. what games usually are for me. Like, uh, We're actually forging weapons. <laughs> yes, you are playing the role of a blacksmith who runs a shop. Or rather, the the shop owner of a, a smithery. And uh, you are working under the tutelage of the blacksmith that's supposed to be making the weapons in the shop, but in the end, you end up making it. So what happens is the time kind of progresses. In, like, real time, but there's no actual clock on the... I see there's a clock, there's like a day and night cycle in the upper right corner, but for the most part, time is progressing, and people are coming into the shop, both NPC characters 
and actual like uh, hero characters like that would be in an RPG. And they're all coming to your shop to buy weapons to go on adventures. With the ultimate goal being that one of them is going to eventually have to fight the evil lord when he's resurrected and defeat him. But how do they do it? By having great merchandise sold to them by a great blacksmith. And you have to actually craft the weapons hmm. or infuse the weapons with elemental properties and then give them weapons befitting their stats and preferences. So you might come across like a little, like a, a, a tiny like girl who like is good with karate, but she needs a bladed weapon, so you give her a side mm. because she's better able to handle that. But you could give her a sword, which is also good for slash damage, but in the end, she won't be able to wield it properly. She'll go on an adventure and she'll die or she'll lose. I don't think they technically die, they just lose. And then they come back, or as you know, I think they, the NPCs definitely die. Okay. Um, and if that happens, you don't get your weapon back because they're only renting the weapon from you. If they go on the adventure and they succeed, <laughs> they're all rentals. They're renting your weapons, and if they go on an adventure, they bring the weapon back. They pay you for the weapon, and then you can re-lend it out to another customer. But then you have to polish the weapon mm. to get it back up to snuff, so it's actually effective again. It reminds um, me a lot of that one board game that I like a lot that you own. It's a uh, hero. The funny part is, like, I have, like, three games now that involve, like, smithing weapons, including one we've never played called Mana Forge, which I really no, want to No, it's not one with smith weapons, but it's one where you're, you're in a shop and you're selling weapons to... Oh, Bargain bargain Quest. Bargain Quest, yeah. And, uh, because we played that one. At I, I love that game, but it, it reminds me of that, awesome. where it's like, you're not concerned about how well the, the players are going to do, or how well the characters are going to do fighting the monster. All you care about is selling as much crap as you can. Well, the funny thing is, like, kind of like Bargain Quest, mm. this game has that element, but it's more so you want to care because Bargain Quest, well, with this game, you want them to succeed because you want to get your stuff back so you don't have to spend the money to recraft new gear and you can lend it out to new customers that come in because eventually you get an overflow of customers, you got to control the flow. With Bargain Quest, though, it totally varies on the customer. Like, uh, there's that one customer who's like the aristocrat who's like flush with money. Yeah. But he has terrible stats, so he's likely going to fail. Yeah, he has so no no reason going out there fighting a monster, but he's got tons of money. So you're like, yes. So basically, you're like, sell him as much as you can on his first visit because you know he's going to die when he goes out <laughs> to the field. But there's other characters that they might give you more benefits if mm. they come back. Like, That's it's true. worth getting them out there so you can come back and spend more money. So those are the ones like, okay, I give him or, good gear, so he comes back to me. Or it's that classic thing in, like, some games where, like, you're, like, you're winning, you know that you're winning, and so you're trying to force the end game condition, so you're having, so you're trying to help the, the characters beat the monsters. Oh, so yeah. You can, so you can get to the end faster because you know that you're already ahead. Mm-hmm. That's a good strategy. I miss board games great, so <laughs> Me too. Honestly, I'm, I guess I'm getting to that point where I might try. Like, I think I might try to go see Mark this week even. Like, yeah. look, I'll mask it if you want, whatever, but I need to play something before I lose my crap. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I was thinking, I've been thinking about that too, but we just haven't had a lot of energy uh, uh, recently. That's also been too hot, because if we're yes, going to do is. it, it's probably going to be outside, so it needs to be a cooler time. I agree. Freaking sauna days. Um, all right, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it. My my final track is from the game Soul Calibur, and this is another character that wields a massive hammer. This is the theme of Astaroth and Lizard Man, <laughs> <laughs> and Lizard Man. Um, but definitely Astaroth is the guy that we're talking about. This is called Bread from the Gap. 
back. You're listening to Bread from the Gap from the game Soul Calibur. This is the theme of Astaroth. And Lizard Man. And Lizard Man. <laughs> That's the name of the show. You can't just, like, cut it short. <laughs> Astaroth and Lizard so, Man. Okay, so they share a stage. You know, Astaroth is a... He's, he has a roommate, is what it is. <laughs> it's composed by Yoshihito Yano. You can find this in the arcade, and it was on the Sega Dreamcast. I think it was also on the PlayStation 2. Um, I don't know. I, I When Soul Calibur first came out, I was always a 2D fighter guy, but I got into this game pretty hardcore just because uh, the competitive nature of this game was really interesting to me. And every, the I felt like 3D games up to this point weren't, they didn't feel fair. You know, they were just kind of random. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me anyway, that's how it felt. But this game, it felt like the strategy involved was so interesting. And, and there were all the characters and all the different fighting styles was so cool. Yeah, so, I just used Sopatia and Jump Slash the whole time. Yeah. I got lucky. So Astaroth was really popular because he was one of those really big, heavy-hitting characters. So he was kind of easy to play. Was he the boss of the first one? I th- think so, yeah. So there's like a cult um, in the game or in the, in the lore of the game, and they create a golem of Astaroth to go out and locate the Soul Edge, the, the, the fabled weapon that gives them ultimate power, or, you know, whatever, you know, fighting game fighting game stories go. Uh, yeah, they, but they keep bringing him back, and eventually he, I think he gains sentience, and he wants the blade to consume it so that he can be all-powerful. But he just wants to eat a sword. He wants to eat the sword, yeah. I don't remember Lizard Man, though. I'm a, I don't remember Lizard Man at all. Um, but okay. Astaroth has definitely carried through the series um, from, from iteration to iteration. Just because it's just terrifying. He's huge. Half of One half of this giant thing is a hammer. The other half is a giant axe. Um, he, he is cool. He is really, really cool. And the music, I, it, you can tell that those strings are synthesized. But it works really well. Like Hammer and Hero, he is not. He is not the Hammer and Hero. No, but he. We need Ham. Hammer and Harry should have been the uh, fighting uh, Astaroth, or maybe Astaroth. Hammer and Harry dies. Right. He could, he could have been the Soul Caliber Two PlayStation representative. We missed. They missed the boat. They missed it out. And then so so Hammer and Harry dies, and a, a cult who is craving the Soul Edge revive Hammer and Harry to be their golem as Astaroth. Aster Harry. That's how Harry Roth. Yeah. Um, but then he Harry just decides Roth. he wants to go back to just smashing and doing construction work, so he uh, just kind of gives the whole thing like, screw this. The Aster Astaroth IRA. Soul Edge doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> I gotta get back to work. Just, he just abandons the entire mission. So then they kidnap his girlfriend, and then he has to go <laughs> do it anyway. Um, no, so we got to give honorable mention to um, a classic game that's not a classic game, but it's made to look like a classic game, and that is Fix It Felix. Fix It Felix. Oh, yeah, yeah. from, from friggin' Wreck-It Row. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, when, I, when I looked up Hammer and Harry, I was like, oh, that's right. Fix It Felix had, like, a hammer and ran around. But uh, I, no. I, I, don't think, I don't think they ever made an official Fix It Felix game, did they? It probably was like a promo, like Flash game. Yeah, if they did, it was made... like yeah, something real small like that. Like I think they did one for the um, the little Candy Rush, whatever Sugar Rush uh, uh, racing game, Kart Racer. Which is funny because that game is literally Mario Kart. It is. It is absolutely just Mario Kart in the arcade. <laughs> well, I guess just asking you to think about Fix It Felix is also partly uh, it's like a combination of Crazy Climber and Donkey Kong. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, That's still play it, though. Definitely Donkey Kong. Definitely Donkey mm-hmm. Kong. Um, all right, so I'm going to turn this terrifying track down, and we're going to get into the bonus round. Bonus round! And the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. Pranel, which did you find that fits our theme? <laughs> well, speaking of Donkey Kong, of course I had to pick the hammer theme from the oh, the literal OG hammer theme. Is the hammer theme from Donkey Kong. Really? Or Jumpman, as it were. <laughs> um, so, what is this track? It is the 8-bit upgrade to the hammer theme from the game Donkey Kong. Composed by or okay. remixed and arranged by Zero okay. with an X because that's how the cool kids do it. Oh, yeah, that was my old DJ name. That's yeah. right. That is my handle for my old DDR name, too. I ran into that recently. Where did I see that? Oh, I saw some old scores and I had my, uh, my tag on it. I was like, oh, wow, that's right. Forgot about that. that track it's the it loops but it doesn't matter it loops in a way that rules it's really good i really like that i loved it it's and again it's the 
8-bit upgrade to the Hammer theme from Donkey Kong, composed or arranged by Zero. And for those who are familiar 100%, well, you should be now because you heard it at the beginning of the track, but uh, the Hammer theme is a very, very fast and very short minimal loop. And this guy took that loop and turned it into two minutes of excellence. It gets, I loved it. I've listened to it multiple times since I found it. And hopefully you liked it too. So um, the artist's name, the arranger is Edman Zero or Edmund Zero. Edman. Um, and uh, uh, mainly a lot of YouTube and um, uh, Twitch playing Tekken. Um and some he uh and some rap to to and some lyrics of his own. So my name is Donkey Kong and I got a hand. But but I mean clearly he's got to get back on Famitracker. He hasn't really posted anything from Famitracker like this in about eight or nine years. So maybe he was just sort of dabbling in it. But I I liked this. I I really if enjoyed this, this. If this is dabbling, holy pickles. yeah. All right, so going back to characters with giant hammers, we got to talk about Amy Rose from Yes Sonic Adventure. Fire, fire. That's right. We're playing My Sweet Passion, the theme of Amy Rose from Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast. This is by Nikki Gregoroff. Show some place I wanted to go 
And we're back. That was My Sweet Passion, the theme of Amy Rose from Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast. And that was by Nikki Gregorov. I actually never knew the name of that track. I only knew Fire, Fire, Fire. That's <laughs> I all know, I do. That's the first thing that pops in like in the game while you're playing it. But man, the yep. music music of Sonic Adventure is just so over the top. So it's it's a little much. But I love the bass on this track. It's just so it's so funky. Um, it's really hard finding <laughs> remixes and uh, other maybe anything else related to the theme of Amy Rose online because you're always going to end up with Sonic fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Or um, music videos of like Kiss from a Rose by Seal, but with like Sonic and Amy, <laughs> but like edited with Sonic and Amy and maybe Shadow Hedgehog. Like it's just. That's also a little much, you know. I, I res- <laughs> they make you work for it. I respect that. That's what they're into, but that's not what I'm looking for. And, and there's so much of it out there that it's just destroyed the Sonic SEO. <laughs> that's all I can get. So, hey, yeah. Hey, mission accomplished for them, though, because yeah. that was the goal. <laughs> Maybe that was a goal for them, right? Um, but for more information on the Sonic part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We have links to the artists' band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can buy the music and support these artists. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 23-9 of Rhythm and Pixels Hammer Time. Hammer hey. Time. Stop! Um, we got we got Sledge Hammers uh, with Peter Gabriel. We have Ball Peen Hammers. I think it's ball peen hammers. I'm gonna look that up. That doesn't sound right. I, I know, I know, sledgehammers, hammer hammers, MC hammer. Yeah, the MC hammers. Yeah, ball peen hammer. Yeah, okay, Pickaxe cool. Hammers. Um, mallets, cudgels, cudgels. <laughs> That's my favorite one so far. <laughs> yeah, cudgels. Um, yeah. So if you could just like send us your favorite types of hammers. Um, we will absolutely play them on the show. The pickaxe hammer, that's the one that, that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like what was in um, Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, so the giant pickaxe hammer. Um, but yeah, uh, a special honorable mention goes to the rock climbing hammers of the ice climbers. Yes. They were they were lost in the annals of time until Smash Brothers resurrected them. Yeah. They, why they were they, they only ever had the one game on NES, and all of a sudden, Nana and Popo are back, <laughs> and people were using them like wildfire. People love Nana and Popo, which is, I know. Jesus, the Popo. Didn't think people liked the Popo and anymore. Nana. Yeah, right. And Nana. <laughs> and Nana. It's like Grandma's Police. <laughs> <laughs> Cripes. It's the Granny Police. Uh, but, but yeah, you were a good boy, so here's some cookies. But yeah, this is a this is a pretty crazy uh, topic. We're gonna have some more. I think this whole month is gonna be some wacky topics. Um, yeah, I think we're just gonna do only wacky topics for this. They're month. the most fun as long yeah. as we can come up with more of them. They uh, make you think outside the box. There are some guests that we're gonna have soon as well. Some um, ones that we've been talking to that I think we have to get back in touch with, and some other ones that have been suggested in our Facebook group, Rhythm and Pixels Chat that we need to reach out to and kind of coordinate that. So um, Hopefully they're down. Yeah, maybe now's a great time for it. Maybe now's not a great time for it. I don't know. But, we'll find out. Uh, but we'll find out. But uh, a little hint is uh, a certain someone posted karaoke in the wrong group <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> and we all got a little little flavor of it. 
and uh, it was pretty rad. So it made it made me feel nostalgic for some more. So we might get back to that. But um, if you have any suggestions for the show, any topics, uh, music tracks, um, you just want to say hello, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you'd like to know more about our show, if you have a full, uh, to get a full track listing from all the episodes, all the information on the episodes, and just links to other stuff that we're doing, and um, if, if I can get off my butt and actually update the website, uh, merchandise as well. There's, there's t-shirts and masks and, and all sorts of stuff with logos of the show and some other fun stuff. All that stuff is at our website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Yeah, and go to, uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Uh, most of the discussion's happening on Facebook, actually. So it's there's a group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. There's a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners hang out there, share music with each other, and we chat about games and things. And, and we're usually there too. A whole lot of gabba gabba hey. Yeah, and there's a Discord server that's linked on our website. You can click that and just join right in. And um, there's a lot of nice people there too. There's just two channels. It's just talking about the podcast and not talking about the podcast. And it's <laughs> all we need. It's all, need to yeah. Things. But, but you, you'll you'll see some other characters from other shows and, and from other YouTube places the, that are related to video game music. It's all it's all very cool. So definitely check that out on YouTube.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have an 8-bit and 16-bit radio station playing nothing but classics and deep cuts. Uh, so please check that out. Um, it's been off and on online. We actually had an electrical problem this past weekend, and <laughs> weather's uh, been crazy lately. Yeah, but there was actually something different. It was in the house, and uh, oh. the breaker got switched off. And it came um, from inside the house. <laughs> we had to keep it off. And the electrician came this morning and discovered that it was actually causing sparks um, against some of the beams under in the basement of the house. <laughs> that and could so, be dangerous. Yes. So they. They put junction boxes where they fixed it. Thank God. But I was so, that made me really worried. So where was I going with this? Anyway, the radio station, it's on and it's really cool. <laughs> so check that out. Um, I try to keep that on. And, oh, it's going to be offline <laughs> again. Uh, the radio station will be offline from the 20th to maybe even the 24th um, because my house is getting some renovations done. And... <laughs> That means my router is going to get moved. So just a heads up on that one. Dun, dun, dun. And to Purnell as well. We might have to do something different next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, uh, it overlaps the show. <laughs> it overlaps our record schedule, which is a little little uh, all over the place anyway. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, uh, it just always helps if you tell people about it or if you um, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are. Um, that'll help other people find the show. So that's all that really matters is that, you know, if you like it to tell more people about it, you can also and go clap your hands um, and touch your toes. <laughs> Stomp your feet. Stomp your feet. Spin left to right. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. Um, you can, if you support us there, you get access to prequel episodes every week. You get access to a live streamed recorded episode once a month. And at certain tiers of the uh, support, you also get uh, shout-outs at the end of every episode. You get special Discord server pri- uh, privileges for colors. And you also can get shout-outs on the radio station on rotation. Um, and so, anyway, we like to thank people at the end of the show. We like to thank That Nick Walker, The Last Recon, Mike Myers, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Selkova, Andreas Merlberg, Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Senstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, 
and Brian Pitt. So, so thank you all very much for your continued support of our show. And it mean, it does mean a lot to us. Um, Thanks for being awesome people. So yeah. And, and um, yeah, the, the live stream episode is so much fun every month. This last one was hilarious. I had, I listened back on it cause it was, it was so funny. We had a really good time. So anyway, thanks for listening to the show. Um, Brian, you got anything else? I got nothing. I got. I want to get some soup in my body. Yeah, because I'm a hungry and thirsty gent. I think we're making our listeners hungry for some soup. Uh, honestly, if that's what's happening, I think that's a job well done. <laughs> people like to claim that you can't eat soup during the summer. I claim those people are wrong. No, I had soup last week. Yeah, yeah. it was good. It's always good. For, don't get me wrong. Winter is best for soup. Yeah. But soup is always appropriate. A stew. A stew might be a step too far. I mean, in normal circumstances, yeah, but you figure people were eating like full loaded <laughs> pieces in the mess. If you can eat a loaded piece, you can eat a stew. You know what? That's science. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. Have a safe week. We'll see you next time. And remember, creation is... I love how I, I couldn't even think of a good like matching thing, but basically, creation stews creativity. And to create is to provide purpose. Build, instruct, anything. Even if it's whether something physical, like a shelf, like and if you're not really good at like buying wood from like an Ikea or something, or like a Home Depot, you can go like Ikea and get like a general shelf or something. Just to go through the motions of following instructions and putting a piece together. It's a nice, relaxing, and rewarding feeling to have to construct something and build it. Or you can cook things, get a good recipe off the internet, mm-hmm, slap mm-hmm. some food together. Don't use a hammer if you do that, though, because that can get <laughs> real messy. Unless it's a meat tenderizing hammer, in which case, knock yourself out. Um, but basically, creation is great. Continue. Always find time to create things because it awakens something in you that honestly feels rewarding and relaxing when you've completed it. It's a good thing to do. Hmm.